Welcome to the show. Paul and I are talking sports. This is episode 7, August 30th, 2021. Thank you everybody for tuning in. Polly, how was your week? Not bad. Uh, got through, almost got through Harry Potter. I'm going to finish that tonight, rereading the series and some more uh, therapy, some more therapy this week and legs getting stronger every day. So. Yeah, excellent, excellent. Yeah, I wish I could say I was that productive. I just, well, I guess I was working, so I wasn't unproductive, but you know. Sometimes you just got to take it easy. So let's take a look back at the week that was. What happened in sports this week? So we had the Brewers. I said uh, last week they had a pretty important week. They uh, took two or three from Cincinnati, which was good. But then they lost two of three against Minnesota, which wasn't great. <laughs> not, not great. Minnesota is not a great team this year, but... They still have a eight and a half game lead on the Reds, and as long as they don't completely collapse in the next month, they're looking pretty good for a playoff spot. That's good. We um, had yeah, oh, wasn't there some uh, little league baseball news too? Yes, uh, the little league just ended. The title game, Michigan beats Ohio, but we had. Kevin Ware, South Dakota pitcher, he had a great tournament. He faced 132 batters, gave up one run, and struck out 114 of them. So we'll That's probably crazy. be seeing that kid in uh, the majors in about 10 years, I would think, as long as he can keep that up. But yeah, he had a fantastic tournament. What was his strikeouts to batters faced? 114 Ks and 132 batters faced. Jeez. It's like eight, that's 86% strikeouts. That's, that's crazy. insane. And give up one run. Insane. We had Rajon Rondo signed a one-year deal with the Lakers, so the Lakers keep adding uh, X-Stars and doesn't really help the the age of the team at all, but didn't they already do the Rondo thing two years ago? Yes, they did. Didn't, didn't they win a title? Yes, they did. Oh well, yeah. Okay, well, I guess that does make some sense. Then we had uh, Ronaldo signed a contract with Man U, so he's going back to Man U. Yeah. And then we have. Uh, Couple preseason notes. Trevor Lawrence uh, named the starter, traded away Gardner Minshew to Philadelphia. I still don't know how I feel about that. My thought is that they, Urban Meyer, wanted to just get Minshew out of there so Lawrence isn't kind of looking behind his back and wondering where Minshew is, but. I still think it's a good idea to have a better backup quarterback than Mike Glennon. We shall see, but yeah, I don't. Uh, I I see it from Jacksonville's standpoint. I mean, Urban Meyer doesn't know Gardner Minshew. He didn't draft him, but he could get that draft pick back and maybe even get a better one. I don't know why Philly 
needed him. I don't I, really understand that either. If they needed a sixth-round draft pick for a quarterback, they could have just drafted one unless they were just like, well, that's good value because he's like third-round pick talent, you know. I, guess, I, I, I agree. It's a, it's good value, but I, I also agree with you. I don't know why they had to do it necessarily. Yeah. But. Maybe Jacksonville's trying to free up some roster space, 53-man roster coming. So Yeah, that's uh, tomorrow at 3 o'clock. Rosters have to be down to 53, so... I do agree with the, you know, you'd think you'd want a better quarterback than Mike Glenn, and he is a vet, and he's played games, too. That's another thing. He's not some backup who's never played, either. He He's seen the field, how he's done, whatever, you know, but he's... I don't know. Maybe Urban's got something we don't know, and who knows. The other... So we had... It sounds like... Andy Dalton is probably going to start the season. That hasn't been announced yet, but that's kind of the way the leaves are blowing. And then out in San Francisco, they did uh, something weird. They had, they were kind of intermingling between Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance. And it kind of sounds like they might keep with that. Not every other drive switching off, but it sounds like both of them are going to see the field quite a bit, at least early on. Yeah. I don't like that, personally. Jimmy Garoppolo's good enough, right? I mean, Trey Lance is probably probably going to be great. Who knows, really? But even if he is, what's the, what's the harm in hanging on to him for a year? You can get another year out of Jimmy Garoppolo. He got you to a Super Bowl, man. Two years? Two, two, three years ago? Yeah. Two years he, ago. All of a sudden he gets hurt and it's like, ah, he's garbage. Like, what? No, I mean, yeah, the Niners jumped on the chance to get a what they seem to believe is a once-in-a-generational talent. They, that's a move you got to make. Especially when, especially when you are in the position of drafting third and you have a good team. Right, exactly. You're you, probably not going to get that chance very often. You can invest in the future. There's no, It makes sense. They have the luxury of being able to just sit on them. I think it would be bad for both quarterbacks if they want to do some kind of swap them out, here it is, kind of nonsense. Because then you, you kill... Garoppolo's moment, like rhythm and momentum and cadence, and then you risk Trey Lance going out there with no momentum or cadence and just getting boat raced. You don't want either one of those to happen. So just pick a guy and stick with him. I, if he's I, that I tend bad, to agree with you. If he ends up sucking, yeah, just put the other guy in. That's how it's war. That's what you do. There's no need to play some silly little game. Even though football, I guess, really is just a silly old game. But if you're just trying to win football games, just put the guy in that gives you the best chance to win. Especially if your team is as good as the Niners is right now. There's no need to waste that. You, these opportunities don't come. Ask Jeff Garcia about like, <laughs> like how good his teams were and why he wasn't making the playoffs. And then you take a team like this and you want to play around with your quarterbacks? Come on. Just win some games. I, I, I tend to agree with that. Unless, 
I mean, the the Taysom Hill situation is different because he does have a pretty unique skill set that yeah. you don't necessarily have to play him at quarterback. He can be on the field. He can do some stuff out of the backfield, catch some balls. So I, I feel like that circumstance is a little different. I wonder how Drew Brees felt about that in reality. You know, obviously, if you talk to him about it while he's under contract, he's Drew Brees. He's doing Tide commercials. The guy's just going to be like, yeah, it's great. Taysom Hill's a once-in-a-lifetime talent, and we're going to use him, and we're going to win football games. But I, I wonder if deep down he's just like, man, they keep taking me out for like two plays. It's stupid, you know? That's how, I think that's how I would feel. I'd t- yeah, throw him in at running back and have him do like a pass, you know, halfback pass type plays, do that kind of stuff, sure. But to just take out your starting quarterback, just to put in some, I hate to use the term, but some gadget player, I just don't see the sense in it. Yeah, I I tend to agree. I mean, if you... I mean, the old adage, if you have two quarterbacks, you uh, you don't have a quarterback. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily agree with that 100%, but you, 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 that's why you have the preseason competition. You take the best guy and you right. start him. Yep, exactly. Any other preseason notes that you had? Or? Yeah, not specifically. Uh, it's pre it's preseason's just one of those things that you could you only get certain things out of it. If you're just trying to go by the stat box, you're not gonna get much. But if you're watching the games and you're looking for things, you can fo- you can see a lot about certain things like uh how talent young talent is gonna perform in certain situations and that kind of thing you can certainly get a sense of, but it's not something that's actually you know, necessarily helpful. For for instance, like uh, last week, uh, we were talking about Callaway from the Saints and how he came up. That was interesting. That was something like there was a question: What are they going to do without Michael Thomas? And this young guy stepped up. Hey, that's you know that's what you watch preseason for. So in that sense, you get the same thing pretty much every year. I'm just excited for the year to start and yeah, just see, see where everything goes. Absolutely. So we had. Actually, right after we got off the air yes, or last week. Oh, yeah. Literally like that night. Yeah. Uh, Coach Bud signed a new three-year contract. This was He was playing out or going to be coaching out uh, his last year of the contract. So he got a three-year extension. I've gotten mixed feelings about this. <laughs> As I knew you would. I I understand you had to do it. He just won you the title. Mm-hmm. You can't let him play out and as a as a lame duck year. You have to sign him the, to the extension. That said, it's only three years. It is only three years, and like I said, he did just win you the title. He did just win you a title. I wonder how long how that three. I guess I didn't think to look, but. How that three years lines up with current Bucks stars? It's contracts. pretty much they're all under all the uh, the four of them are pretty much all under the same contract at this point. Yeah. So in that, that in that sense. sense, in that sense, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, but, and then you you can reevaluate once that time comes, assuming you know nobody opts, you know, demands a trade or whatever, you know, all the things that can happen. Yeah, I think it's fine. I I mean, honestly, I was not sold on uh, Budenholzer at first. Well, I, I take that back. When he first came from the Hawks, I was like, "Hey, there, there's got somebody they might uh, that might kind of turn this thing around." And he seemed to struggle. Like, and then when the team got good and they were getting, you know, high playoff seeds, home court advantage, and stuff, they just dropped the ball, and Chris Middleton would disappear, and every, you know, Giannis all of a sudden couldn't buy a bucket, and he just couldn't drive the lane anymore, and Lopez just and everything. It, it was just weird the last, like, two, maybe three years prior well, to this one. Well, they had these great regular seasons, yep. and then they got in, they'd go, get into the playoffs, and exactly what you said, the team would not necessarily fall apart, but... They just became a five seed all of a sudden in the playoffs. So this year, I remember talking to you about it, where it was like, I, I think they're good, I think they can win it, I think they're gonna go... But, man, I've thought this before, you know. Well, and that's the thing. Until they actually do it, and I put there a lot is of that, that open question. I put a lot of that onus on the coach because, hey, you got to get your guys ready to play. They're clearly not. So this year I, I was waiting for it, the whole playoffs, basically. And once they got past – well, not the whole playoffs. But once they got past the Nets, I was like, okay, I think they can do this now. And then, you know, Hawks kind of – popped him in the mouth a little bit, and then they came back and took it to the Suns. I think that, and I needed to see that for me to be like, okay, Coach Bud's good. Okay, he's fine. He's fine. But he need they needed to do that. Because yes. if they did it came anything short of what happened, yeah, he's probably not, he's probably playing out that final year and maybe not getting an extension if they don't win it next year kind of thing. I, I 100% agree with you there. Yeah, I guess my my final thoughts on there is basically I still have my semi-doubts, but he, I, he, he showed, especially that net series, that he can make adjustments, and it definitely helped that the team was – there was still some inconsistencies throughout the playoffs. There but were, yeah. They were definitely a lot more consistent team than they were, and again, that goes back to coaching. You got to you got to get your guys ready to play. Yep, and he did that. I, I also would say that the additions of Tucker and Portis were that's really what put them over the edge as yes. far as their their team uh, makeup. They needed. Like, Lopez, yeah, he's huge, but he's not an enforcer. He's a finesse guy. Even when he's down low, yeah, he can dunk, he'll block, he'll play physical, but he's not going to put somebody on the on the ground. P.J. Tucker put somebody on the ground. You know, they needed a guy like that. Bobby Portis proved if they need him to, he'll put somebody on the ground, and then he'll go and score on the other end. And the fact that those two showed up, and played well in road games with DiVincenzo out. They, that's a lot of energy, you know, that they – he's a high-energy dude. So for them to overcome those things and have the bench play well throughout the playoffs, that's what you need. I, Look I, at the Clippers. I mean, they had – they lost 
Kawhi, and they were still playing really well because their bench showed up at home, you know, not on the road when they need them to. But for the Bucks, they was they you know they'd go to Phoenix. Yeah, we'll win a game down here, no problem. And that's yeah, that's a credit to the coach. They they won a road game, all four series. Correct. That sounds well. I did. Yeah, yeah, they must have. Yeah. Yeah, because they won Game been. Seven against the Nets. They won. Well, they gave Game Five against the Phoenix, and they yeah. had uh, one of the ones in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It, and like you said, the especially in basketball, if your your bench historically your benches play better on at home than yeah. on the road, which mm-hmm. makes sense. Yep. But having a bench that can show up on the road is huge. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what didn't, that's what Phoenix didn't do, remarkably so. Um, I, I can't even remember half their names anymore, like Cameron Payne, a um, couple of guys on there, just uh, Cam Johnson. Cam, one of the Cams. Yeah, yeah, I think it's Cam Johnson. Yeah, that's just shows how little they showed up when the on the road is I can't even barely remember who they were. They're scoring two points, you know. So shall we move on? Yes. To the Paul and I talking sports NFL West breakdown. All right. Should we start? I'll let you, you I think you let me start last time. So we'll have you start with the NFC where you see those pieces falling into place. The NFC I think is the most fascinating division in football this year. My order right this moment, I have the Rams winning it. I have the Seahawks taking second. I have the Cardinals third. And I have the Niners fourth. The only thing I'm confident in is I think the Rams are going to take the division. Where the other three are slotted at the end of the year I'm throwing my hands up in the air because I, I I do think all four of these teams can win ten games. Sure. Yeah, I they I, have. I couldn't disagree with that. They have the AFC South and the NFC North as crossovers. So there's going to be some fun games there. Mm-hmm. I think the Titans Rams. I think right now because I'm not going to do. I could do Packers Rams. I could do Packers Seahawks. So I mean, sure. those are always obvious. But I have the game of the year in that division. I think it's going to be the Titans Rams. I think it's going to show a lot about both teams. I think I, I have the Titans winning the division. I have the Rams winning the division, and it's two great offenses. Titans defense. A little iffy yet, but the Rams have Aaron Donald and mm. tremendous defense. I just think that's going to be a really fun game. Yeah, I don't see why it wouldn't be. I would. Uh, I like the Rams winning that division. I've been. I don't know if I have been on this show, but I'm a. I'm a big proponent of Matthew Stafford. I always have been. I. Since I, he was I agree. I just think. Uh, he did what he could with Megatron, and once he was gone, that team was just garbage. And he just he did his best. I think the Niners are going to vie for it, but I think the Rams are just better. Um, I think the Seahawks and the Cardinals are both really good. That It so, seems so weird to put the Cardinals fourth because I think they're a really good team. 
Oh, I almost want to put the Seahawks fourth. It's tough. I'd, maybe they'll tie or something and probably split their division. Because I, I, th- I think I said on a couple weeks ago that I had the Cardinals as the team in the NFC that is going to make the playoffs that, that didn't, didn't last, last year. year. Yeah. And then looking at it, and that's why I said I think this division is just going to be so fun all the way around. I think game of the year, though. I know you won't pick them, but I'll say it. I think the Packers Rams is the game of is there is that is the game of that division. Just because Aaron Rodgers and Matt Stafford getting back together again, <laughs> Matt Stafford's chance to be like, okay, now I got a real team. Let's, Let's see. see, yeah. Let's see what happens now. So that's kind of what I'm tuning in for because I've seen Matt Stafford against Aaron Rodgers before. They take the lead. And the Lions can't keep up, and they eventually, you know, crap the bed, and the Packers win. That's just how the Packers-Lions games go. The, the so, miracle in Motown. Yeah, so it's, I'll be interested to see how Matt Stafford performs, and I bet he, he brings some knowledge of that, of Aaron Rodgers and that offense to L.A., which is interesting. Yeah, that's I, I, always didn't even, a, I didn't even think about that. Oh, I, I, that's always the first thing I think of, like the... I think the Rams will probably put up 50 on the Lions this year because Matt Stafford's just going to be like, dude, they do this and this and this and this. Jared Goff, I don't know how – I don't know that the how similar the Rams' offense is going to look now because Jared Goff, I don't think, could do the things that Matt Stafford does now. So they're like, oh, man, we can open up this whole playbook. We can only give like half of this thing to Jared and and that's the thing. I mean, or they, I might be underselling Jared Goff, but may only in comparison to how good I think Matt Stafford is. And that that's the thing. I think you you put in uh, Stafford together with Sean McVay mm. and his playbook that he has. Oh, that's gonna be it's gonna be fun. You give him targets like Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. Oh man. Yeah, I think you he, get Eckler Eckler out of the backfield. He could throw five thousand yards this year. I think he's going to. Yeah, I don't see. I don't see any reason that he wouldn't. Expe- he especially just... with the one extra game, it the the passing. Yeah, that's an extra like possibly three four hundred yards. The the yeah, I never thought of that. The yeah. pa- the passing numbers this year are going to be really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yep, sure are. Uh, any final thoughts about the NFC West before we go to the AFC? Um, well, just that uh, given that they're in up against the uh, NFC North. And I think the, there's just a few good matchups in there interdivisionally. Yeah, that's going to be a fun division to watch. Yeah. You could have... Oh, could you have... Can you have four wildcard teams now? Could a whole division make it to the playoffs? With seven? Realistically, you could, yeah. That'd be crazy. I mean, the NFC East is bad enough where they might only send one. The NFC North, I mean, they could only send one. And then the South, uh, I mean, Jameis Winston would have to have a really bad year, but they could maybe only say, yeah, you could have four teams. You could have an entire division go to the playoffs. I could see it. Interesting. Very interesting. Well, I uh, guess you could. Yeah, yeah. Wow. All right. Well, let's the, see the if only that the happens. only thing that worries me about that is how much they're just going to beat the crap out of each other all year. They only year. play each other twice. So even if they split, you know, 
there that's just one or if they all split that's three and three and then if they they go three or, or three and one if they each go three and one against uh, against the yeah. other divisions that's what six and four right there oh six and four nine and five that's nine and five right there that's four teams at nine and five and then you've got your other two games I guess those would be the real deal breakers like I saw the Rams play the the Ravens, which oof, that oof. that'll be, that'll that'll be a fun one. Yeah, that's that division is gonna be a lot of fun mm-hmm. this year. So we're gonna go to the AFC mm-hmm. West now. And do you want to you want to yeah give your yeah list I'll first? take the AFC West here. It's the Chiefs. Uh, Chargers will be better, but they're not gonna be that good. I don't think if the Chiefs. The Chiefs would have to take a real big step back for any of these other three teams to really compete. Yes. I think the Chargers are going to move up. Broncos, Raiders, you could almost coin flip them. I think the Broncos will probably finish better because I think they're just a better they're just better team. Uh, but Raiders, they're not bad. They're not a, they're not as good as say the Cardinals in fourth in the West in the NFC West, but they're just they'll probably be like seven and ten or something, you know, something kind of middling below average. Broncos probably right around five hundred, Chargers a few games up, maybe get one of the wild card spots. And then the Chiefs obviously will probably have home field advantage through the playoffs. My my list looks very similar. I I've got the Raiders third and then the Broncos fourth. And I think we you said we had those switched, maybe. But yeah, but yeah, I agree. The Ch- uh, Chiefs are heavy favorites to win that division. I think the chart. I think the Chargers will make the playoffs this year. I think Justin Herbert is phenomenal, young quarterback. Not his fault that he has to go against Pat Mahomes right. twice a year. Right. So and they could, you know, they could steal one in L.A. You know, who knows? That that's division games are always you know a little trickier for for everybody. They do play the AFC North and the NFC East. Yes. As, so, so as far, oh, the AFC North, that's a lot of good teams. I mean, wow. I mean, it's got to be Chiefs-Ravens, right? Like, I want to pick something a little more interesting, like Chargers-Browns. It might be a little more engaging, you know, a little more intrigue in that game, but... It's Chiefs Ravens. It's uh, abs- it's gotta be Chiefs Ab- absolutely. Ravens. Absolutely, absolutely. I I have I am gonna break my Packers one because I think the Chiefs Packers might be one of the games of the year this year. Yeah, yeah. You have Rodgers facing Mahomes for the first time after two years in a row of potentially or missing out mm. on playing in the Super Bowl. Yeah, he, he didn't get to lose to him in the Super Bowl, so it was the regular season. <laughs> and that game is in, in Arrowhead. The other, and then uh, ch- the two Chiefs ch- uh, Chargers games are going to be fun. Oh, yeah. You have uh, Bridgewater got announced as the Broncos starter. I don't know what that says about Drew Luck. I don't yeah. know what that says about how can John Elway just not find a quarterback? Well... 
has he ever really found a quarterback? No, and that's the that's he's the just, thing. He's picked up some like the Peyton Manning thing, but like that was he was basically handed to him. Yeah, you know? Peyton Manning's a free agent. I'm John Elway. I'll go sign him. There hasn't happened. I mean, the Rodgers, I guess you know, wants to talk. You know, maybe he'll go there next year. Maybe that's. But what I he's mean, the, the 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 drafting aspect is what has me baffled. I mean, I John Elway sells cars now. Like he's he's a businessman. He and honestly, if you think about the way he handled the draft back, like when he was uh, in college, he's always been a businessman. Like that's he's just trying to do business. Doesn't make him a good scout. Just because he knows how to play football doesn't mean he can tell if someone else is good at it. Yeah. If you know to the untrained eye, all of them guys are good. Like I watch if if you stood me in front of like the top 12 quarterbacks in the draft, and they were like, which one's the best? They could all play and throw all day, and I'm going to be like, I don't know. That guy throws a really nice spiral, so I'm going to say him. That's probably Is that what John Elway's doing? He was he hasn't got, come up studying football and doing that thing after he retired. He went and made car dealerships, which good on him. Make your dollar. But... This idea that John Elway should somehow know what a good quarterback looks like, I don't know why he would, just because he was good at it. I guess you may, you make a good point there. I just I I just think it's a little confusing. I guess that it's not it's not like he's down there teaching the guy. You know, maybe if that was the case, maybe there could be a little more culpability on John Elway for that, but. And hey, maybe he should be. If 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 that's the problem, is he's getting the talent and they're just not being able to cultivate not it, not developing it. Maybe that's the problem. If he's out there and truly like Drew Locke is the man, and I want that guy, and you guys are going to make him great, and they're not taking care of business, maybe that's the problem. Or maybe John Elway just has a bad eye for talent. He keeps picking lemons. I don't know. Or maybe he's getting his uh, karmatic comeuppance for being a used car salesman. Uh, you could look at it a lot of different ways. <laughs> all, all good points there. <laughs> so again, recap, we, uh, I have the Chiefs. Well, we both have the Chiefs, Chargers, and uh, Raiders, Broncos, kind of a toss-up yeah. kind of deal. Like, I want the Raiders to do good. I like John Gruden. I think he's a good coach. I think, as much as I can tell, if somebody's a good coach. But, well, he's sure sure getting paid enough money for it. <laughs> well, and good for him. And honestly, I don't even think it was a bad idea. You I, get a I don't. Guy who's I don't a known either. quantity won a Super Bowl. He used to work there. Yeah. Oh, uh, we don't want to have to worry about a coach for like ten years. We know that even if you're even if the team is bad, you're not a bad coach. So here, just you do the thing for just. We don't want to worry about it. You you go get him go get him John you could retire from the fired football coaches of America and actually be a regular football coach again good for him. Um, anything else to add for the uh, AFC West? Not really. Uh, they. T- I just feel bad for the NFC East. That division is not just not good. It's just not good. I think outside of their division matchups, I think they're going to have a tough time mm. winning a lot of games. Yeah. 
And that's why I, 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 I can see, well, it wouldn't be eight and eight. It'd be uh, eight and nine or something. Eight, eight and nine. I can see that winning the, winning the division this year. <laughs> oh, man. So bad. That's, a, that's something they really need to address is how do you handle a really bad division winner? Like, what was it, six and ten or seven and nine last year? That I think it was six and ten that the Washington... It was, it was seven, seven, nine. Was I it think. seven and nine? It was bad either way. And it's a real, and granted, Washington came out and they played well. And it was one of those things where Washington, because of injury, was clearly a better team than their record indicated. So the the uproar wasn't quite as much. It was more just like like a joke. But in years past, I remember the Ravens. I, the Ravens was it won the division at seven and nine, and it was just they were bad. They were just a bad team. But then, um, but then on the other side of it, you had I remember Seahawks. The did Seahawks, it too. Uh, mm-hmm. and they went into New Orleans and, and kind of smacked beast, them around well, a little bit. Beast mode happened. Yeah, that was the beast mode game. So the, you have that, but that's some. They got a home game, man. Like. That that's what? that's where I like, guess I would maybe change that is if you're under five hundred, yeah, you win well, the division, you make again, the playoffs. Are you diminishing the value and the significance of winning your division? I guess you 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 can only play the teams that are in front of you. Yep. I guess so. I don't I don't I don't I don't think it's a huge problem for the NFL, but. And honestly, when now that I think about it, when I think of some like twelve and four wild card having bitching because they got to go to some seven and nines home to play, that just kind of makes me think of that. Just doesn't hit my ear right either. Like ah, shut up and play. Win your division. Yeah, there. I just answered my own quandary. Win your division. Then you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> I, I like that. I like that answer. Uh, yeah, anything else to add to that? No, no, I'm all ranted out on my NFL West, I think. All right, so we have some so college football is um, starting up in earnest on Thursday. Huge Saturday. We got the Wisconsin, uh, my Wisconsin Badgers going to Happy Valley to play Penn State. That's going to be a nice, nice opening game. I think Wisconsin is favored by Three at the moment. I hope they win by 30. I do too. <laughs> uh, we have Alabama going to the U playing Miami. Miami is not a great team, but they're, they've been kind of building for a little few years. So that that's good. I, I don't think Bama's going to lose that game, but if Miami can pull that off, that's going to be huge for them. Well, and even if they can compete, just show something. And then the the game of the week is uh, number five Georgia going to number three Clemson, which, mm. in all honesty, is probably going to be one of the semifinals games in the <laughs> playoffs this year. Let's just be honest about that. Yeah. I mean, they're ranked two and three for a reason, you know. Well, f- five and three. Or sorry, five and yeah. three. You know what I mean. Uh, and then, so yeah, there's a full full slate of college football opening this week. The Brewers have, they're in San Francisco for three, starting tonight. And then... Yeah, San Fran's on 
fire right now. Brewers yes. would do real well to go win a couple of those. That, yes. Even, yeah, if we could take two out of three of those, yeah. that would be huge. Winning one, I mean, if if this were Brewers vying for a wild card spot, yeah, maybe, well, winning one would be pretty good. Nah, this is like, they need to show something. They need to prove something. They need to ramp it up into, like, wild card, or not wild card, ramp it up into playoff mode. It's getting to be September real quick. Yeah. So they, I think, not that they would, if they don't win the series, they won't recover or anything like that. But I think winning the series would do them a lot of good going forward. I, I agree. And then they go back home for the hated Cardinals, mm. who are not a great team this year, but they are always scary because they don't have a good history, or the Brewers don't have a good history against the Cardinals, especially in the playoffs. And then they have Philly comes to town after that. So they got that coming up. So the Giants series obviously is huge. And then Cardinals and Phillies. Phillies are actually vying for a playoff spot in the East. So those two series are not the pushovers that Mm. they looked maybe a month ago. So hopefully the Brewers can take care of some business out west and then come back home and have a nice nice homestand. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that's uh, started today was the U.S. Open. Yeah. Ten- tennis uh, tournament. Fans are back in the stands after a year off last year. Novak Djokovic is the overwhelming favorite to win and... Uh, Finish his uh, Grand Slam. The he missed out on the go, uh, the Golden Slam. He uh, took uh, fourth in the Olympic tennis. So is not going to get all five, but is favorite to get the the season uh, Grand Slam on the women's side. Uh, Serena and Venus both announced that they are not competing. I I was I almost had put something together about Serena, and she may be on the uh, at the end of her career. Mm-hmm. She's got a uh, kid now, and maybe something to think about, something to look at, maybe at the end of the U.S. Open or yeah. something like that. Yeah. And then, so on the women's side, uh, Ashley Barty and Naomi Osaki are the two favorites on the women's side. That would be a fun fi- finals oh, yeah. match. Mm-hmm. So we got two two weeks of tennis, and then tennis was done until the Australian Open yep. in January. So a couple months off. So that's that's what we got uh, coming up for the next week. If unless you have anything to add to that, no, not really. I mean, sports this time of year is pretty straightforward, unless some deals go down or a bunch of retirements like last week, and you know, moves. It's uh, it's just one of those things. We just be patient and wait for uh, what September twelfth for the NFL season to yep. start. All right. Well, that's been uh, that's been Polly and I talking sports. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, we hope you tune in next week. Thank you very much. Have a good night, guys.